Have you ever climbed a mountain? Have you ever cast your eyes down to the lush valley below? Or cast your gaze out to the horizon of blue? Mountains have long been understood as places to gain perspective. Mountains have long been understood as places of reflection. And mountains have been understood in many spiritual traditions as places to encounter God. As a teenager, I remember ascending a scenic peak in the green mountains of Vermont. We have been hauling backpacks, heavy backpacks, for days. But I remembered as I stood on the mountaintop, taking in the sun-spangled glimmer of the green pines, and the sharp gray of the granite rocks and the glimmering waters below. And I turned to the leader of our trip, who was an Episcopal deacon, and I said to him, How could you not believe in God? In today's Gospel reading from St. Luke chapter 9, you and I get to tag along. We get to tag along with the inner circle of Jesus' first disciples, Peter, James, and our own St. John, and go with Jesus onto the mountain. And it was on the mountain where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And it was on a mountain where the prophet Elijah fled for his life and encountered God in sheer silence. And it was also here on the Mount of Transfiguration that the curtain is pulled back from our everyday human experience and the world of God's glory is unveiled. And behold, there stands Jesus in dazzling light No longer simply homespun teacher from the rural Galilee, but a mighty Messiah for all nations and for all peoples. A thick cloud of mystery descends. And the three disciples hear the voice of God ringing in their ears. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. Have you ever experienced God in some sort of extraordinary way? For me, that literal mountaintop in Vermont was such an occasion. But for you, perhaps it was a sunset, a vision, an inner voice. A moment of clarity, an act of compassion, a monument that is in your memory of a time when God and the existence of God and the reality of God was unusually real for you. Raise your hand if you ever had any sort of experience like that. Several hands are going up. And that's great. That's what we call being on the mountain. Ah, being on the mountain, there is nothing like it. On the mountain, on the mountain. Let's say that together. On the mountain. Question, question for you. 
his life about his life all about being on the mountain. Being high above all the difficulties of life and all the boring, monotonous things that we have to do every day. And high above all the troubles. Is that what life is all about? No, not if you're like most human beings. And certainly not if you and I are followers of Jesus. And now for a most terrible joke. And I'm saying that it's terrible, so please be prepared. For those of you who are aware of how awful it usually is. Why did the science teacher take her class on a field trip to the mountains? Because they needed higher grades. Mountains, higher grades. Yes. I told you that I need some help with my material. I need to get at least a C minus. That wasn't even a C minus. Now, what's very instructive about what happens here in Luke 9 is you have this divine encounter. This divine encounter. This big reveal of who Jesus is. And then notice what immediately happens. Peter wants to stay on the mountain. He's like, hey, let's build some tents. And you and Elijah and Moses, we can hang out here. But notice what Jesus does. Immediately, Jesus takes them down, off the mountain, down into the convulsing and shrieking realities of everyday life, as manifested in a demon-possessed boy. What is the pattern of life? What's how the journey supposed to work? Well, for most people, it's a, it's a season of being on the mountain, being off the mountain. Sort of how life works. Have you ever been off the mountain? Have you ever been stuck in the dark valley? I remember one time I was with my dad, who was an atheist. In one of his many hospital visits before his death. And there I was in the hospital. He was in the bed. And he looked up at me, his son the priest, and he said, Where is your God? And in that moment, I had no words for him. I was off the mountain. And I remember many years later, the church that I was serving was... We had grown quite a bit in attendance. We had made great financial gains. People who had never been a part of a church in their life were coming to faith. And yet there I was on a retreat in despair. Thinking that I was losing my faith. Wondering, where would I go? What would I do? I was off the mountain. And many of you have been off the mountain Two, and in far worse circumstances. You've had to go through very dark valleys. You've had your heart broken into pieces. You've had your own body betray you. Or you've just gone through vast seasons of hectic to-do lists. That's all being off the mountain. Sadly, there's nothing like it. Being off the mountain. Off the mountain. Let's say that together. Off the mountain. So a question then. 
If that's how life works, how are you and I to carry on as disciples, as serious Christians, when we're both on the mountain and off the mountain? How are you to remain steady in your faith? Well, the short answer is, with God's help, the short answer is sometimes by just having a good cry and recognizing that God honors your tears. Sometimes the short answer is coming to this Eucharistic table, whether you are well or weeping. But the longer answer is by practicing the spiritual disciplines. Turn to your neighbor and say, spiritual disciplines. Now do it, but with a big, goofy face. That's good, Chris. That's very good. The spiritual disciplines. The Reverend Dr. Lauren Weiner, who's an Episcopal priest and professor, says in her book, Winner, I always mispronounce her name, she says in her book, Real Sex, The Naked Truth About Chastity, Wow, I, some of you are really paying attention now. And some of you were like thinking about lunch, you were not paying attention at all to the sermon. I don't know why you're suddenly paying attention now. But in her book, and that is the name of the title of the book, by the way, it's a good book. But she talks about the spiritual disciplines in this way. She says, quote, The spiritual disciplines are things that we do. They are things that we practice. There are ways we orient our whole selves, our bodies and minds and hearts, our communities and rhythms, and ways of being in the world toward God. End of quote. So here's some good news. By practicing the spiritual disciplines, you and I open ourselves up to the radiating, transforming love of God in Jesus Christ. So imagine yourself faithfully, not perfectly, faithfully practicing the spiritual habits, the spiritual disciplines, things like prayer and worship. And imagine the power of the Spirit slowly transforming you year after year into the kind of person whose faith endures, whose faith grows over a lifetime. Imagine the power of the Spirit transforming you into the kind of person who loves God, loves others, and makes disciples whether you are on the mountain or off the mountain. And by the way, as you practice the spiritual disciplines more, you will tend to have more on-the-mountain experiences with God. If that sounds like good news, say amen. amen. If you're still awake, say amen. amen. Not everyone. Something begins this Wednesday. What is that? Lent. Very good. Thank you. Neil? Lent begins this Wednesday. And this Lent, we will be exploring seven spiritual disciplines or habits or marks of discipleship that will be a part of our congregational rule of life that we've been talking about in our visioning process. These will be ways that we open ourselves up and train ourselves into the way of Jesus' love. This is the way that you can prepare yourself to remain firm and steady as a disciple and as a human being, whether your life is on the mountain 
or off the mountain. And here are the seven marks. Number one, worship weekly. Number two, pray daily. Number three, serve at St. John's and be gone. Number four, love others and build spiritual friendships. Number five, know the Christian story and invite others. Number six, give generously. Number seven, rest regularly. And by the way, it's worth mentioning here, whatever season of life you're in right now, some of you are on the mountain. Some of you are off the mountain. Some of you are somewhere in between. But wherever you are in your life right now, remember, at St. John's, doubts are okay. Questions are welcome. Please, come as you are. Amen.